The following podcast is brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners, Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. As we commence this podcast today, let us acknowledge the traditional custodians of all the lands on which this podcast will be played around New South Wales. Their art, storytelling, music and dance, along with all First Nations people, hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal Australia. Let us acknowledge with honour and respect our Elders past, present and future, especially those Aboriginal people in our presence today who have and still do guide us with their wisdom. Welcome to the Creative Cast podcast series. I'm Jackie King and I'm a Creative Arts Project Officer with the New South Wales Department of Education. Today we are having a dance subject chat with Julia Livingston from Camden Haven High School and Carla Cherie from Kirawee High School. Hi Julia and Carla, how are you today? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thank you both so much for joining us today. I know the countdown is on and it's a a very busy time of year leading into the end of the school year. So thank you so much for for giving some time to give dance teachers a bit of an insight to some different approaches in which you take to teach performance in your different contexts. And I really want to start by saying dance is sort of an interesting subject because it's not one that is taught in all schools. Not all, all schools have a dance teacher. So your students are obviously lucky that they've, they've got a dance teacher at their school. Could you both, I'll give you a, a chance each to tell us just a little bit about your school context and how dance fits into your school context. I might get Carla if you can go first. Yeah, so I teach at Kiriwee High School in the south of Sydney and we're a co-ed comprehensive high school. We're not a performing arts high school, however, we're pretty lucky in that we have really strong creative arts subjects and we have like a number of different extracurricular programs, mainly in dance and music. So our school really supports the creative arts. We've got a really good executive team that support us and we do a biannual musical where the whole school is incorporated in that and we all collaborate together. We all come together and create the musical. So it's it's great for promoting creative arts. It's great for promoting the school. At Kirawee, we don't have dance in um, stage four, but we have stage five and six. And I guess you know, I try to incorporate dance for the year seven and eight kids through an extracurricular dance program. So we run, there's about 60 kids, about 60 kids involved throughout like year seven to 12. And we run ensembles and companies, you know, in a sport time before school and after school. And the aim for the extracurricular program is I guess to promote dance for the year seven and eights who I'm exposed to it in the elective subject. And I guess for them, it's to like, just to kind of introduce dance, dance as a subject. They learn a performance skills, technique, position. Within Kirawee, we're really looking at the H page, like the, the high performance and gifted education part. So 
for the extracurricular program is, I guess, upskilling our students uh, in, in the stage five and stage six dance subjects. So it's providing that extra training. They're exposed to more performance opportunities. So developing their performance quality skills. They work it, they collaborate with uh, myself or their tutor, which develops their composition skills. So the extracurricular program is quite important here at Kiraway and, and yeah, it supports the, the dance subject. And I guess, especially as you don't have dance in stage four, it helps to keep that an, an interest in that subject and build an interest in that subject. So then you are able to get it up in stage five and six as well. Yeah, definitely. It's the way that I kind of reach out to these seven, eight kids and, and kind of say, hey, we are here and dance exists and you can choose it as an elective. And because they get those to the other students, you know, like the, the older students in the showcases or in our presentation performances or, or those kind of things, then they, they're kind of seeing where they could potentially take dance in stages five and six. Fantastic. And Julia, your context is obviously quite a bit different because mm-hmm. you are at Camden Haven High School. Yes. Do you just teach the distance education at Camden Haven High School or do you have classes at Camden Haven as well? We are a combined face-to-face and distance education school, 7 to 12 co-education. We offer distance education for full-time students, so students who are geographically isolated or have some reason why they can't attend a face-to-face setting. And we also offer courses via a single course. If a school doesn't offer dance, for example, and a student really wants to do dance for their HSE or in stage five, then they can attend their regular school and just do dance as a subject through us so that they can still get that experience and get that on their ROSA and HSC certificates. So yeah, we do face-to-face classes from year nine through to year 12. And in uh, DE, we're also offering stage five. So year nine, 10, and then stage six, year 11 and 12. And next year, we are also offering the certificate three in assistant dance teaching via distance ed. So that's really exciting for us to offer that new course and we're excited with the challenges and opportunities that will present so we'll see how that goes but yeah we're really excited about that that course that we're offering. That is a really fantastic thing to be offering the certificate three and I'm sure it's going to present a whole new set of different challenges for you but hopefully is a fantastic thing for your students. So you don't have dance in stage four either. How do you go about being able to get students into your stage five elective course? How do you attract students for want of a better term? Yeah, so similarly to Carla, we offer a junior dance ensemble for students in year seven and eight. And then we've got a a senior company for students in year nine through to year 12. We are actually looking at incorporating stage four dance in 2022. We are looking at changing our lines to so that they get at least a term of each of the creative arts subjects in year seven and eight, just to yeah give them more experience in what dance as a subject is, remove the unknown. We've found that since, because a lot of our performances and showcases are our company dances, that the younger students tend to think that 
that's the standard, which those students are, are exceeding the standard and they're our, our exemplary students. It's not actually what the stage five course is about. It's not what dance is about. It's about the experiential learning. It's about getting in there and having a go. It's really being aware of what you wanted to do and just to give something new a go. So we want to get a little bit more experience early on just to remove that unknown so that they don't think that you need to be you know, a prima ballerina or be able to hold your leg above your head to be able to do stage five dance. And I think that's really important to try and give them some kind of taste up before they choose electives Hmm. because there is like for all of our creative arts topics art is more than just drawing like music is more than just playing the ukuleles Um, there's more to it and so you want them to be able to understand all of the different experiences and not just think they've got to come in and be at a high performance standard to start with yeah definitely So in terms of getting the students eventually to a high performance standard, we're going to talk through ways today that you approach performance in particular as one of the experiences that are in the syllabus for dance. I was hoping that we could start with stage five and and look at the different ways in which you, you teach stage five and then move through to stage six. I might go back to Carla and if you could share some of the ways in which you approach performance with your stage five students? I guess, first of all, one of my, I guess I have a high expectation and I set that at the beginning. What I mean by that is like, I have a high expectation the kids present themselves to class. We have uniform and it's quite basic and simple. It's tight, you know, black tight. I provide a black singlet or the kids can wear their own black leotard. But that way then they're in something that is comfortable, it's safe and it kind of sets a precedent that they have like a sense of belonging. And that's kind of where I like to start with them. With, for us, you know, we have a, a no socks policy and they all kind of, you know, if they're all dressed the same and they're all there, they're all ready to perform, then there shouldn't be any excuses holding back. And they're all, they're all at the same kind of starting point then. The other thing that I have is, again, that expectation. I set my expectations throughout the lessons and I give them goals. So where I want them to be maybe halfway through the lesson, where I want, where I'm expecting them to be maybe at the end of the lesson and so on, like at the end of the week and then where I want them to be at the end of the term. And that way then they've got this understanding, like it keeps them accountable, helps them with their time management throughout and in their mind they know where we're going perhaps with a performance. One of the other things that I do incorporate with my performance classes or all of my classes I try to incorporate the language of dance too, just so that they're familiar with it. So they're familiar with the syllabus and the way that I'm explaining using the correct technical words or um, syllabus words. In year nine, so stage five, we tend to get a bunch of kids. Some kids are your kids that have been dancing since since that was three, and then you might get kids that have you know just started and perhaps aren't as experienced. So my first unit for year nine is a is a practical unit so we do performance and we're looking at the development of dance and within that we look at all different styles because I'm not sure about who the kids are that are coming in I don't know whether what their experience is I don't know whether they're 
experience with ballet or contemporary. So we start kind of, I want to start at an, like an even playing field. So they're all equals. With that unit, I think it's a good one to start with E9 because it exposes them to all the different styles, Indigenous Aboriginal dance, where dance came from and how it developed in Australia. And then we look at uh, African dance, ballet, tap, jazz, musical theatre. So there's a lot of different styles that we kind of have a play with in that first unit. And some kids might be a little bit out of their comfort zone in one particular style, but they might feel stronger and more confident in the other style. So uh, that's, I guess, where I start. And then as we go on throughout the units, we get into more of the contemporary, which is kind of what the syllabus is asking for, that contemporary style. Yeah, so I guess I just try to start out broadly so, so that I'm not you know crushing anybody or you know like they, they, they feel confident to start off with. And I think that's a really great way just to see where everybody's at too because there's a different range of dance schools, different styles of dance and while student may be a fantastic tapper they might not be a, a great ballet dancer for instance yeah. so to really find out their skills and and to give them a place where they can shine gives every student a sense of success it then allows me to get to know them a little bit more so then i can challenge them a little bit more with their particular style yeah and sometimes I will get them to actually take part and sometimes they will take an exercise for me and because I'm not a tapper I use their skills as well and, and in terms of the assessment task they get to create a, a presentation on a particular style a style of their choice whichever one they feel more confident in and they can then demonstrate exercises that we've learned in class or exercises that they may have made up within that style. They get to do a little bit of the performance that we've done in class and that shows off their technique. And then incorporated in all of that, they then give a little bit of a background understanding of the style and maybe the choreographers that are famous within that style. Fantastic. So getting them talking about it as well. Yeah. Julia, moving on to your approaches now for stage five. And I don't know, I feel like I probably need to talk to you about how you do it face-to-face -face versus how you do it through distance ed, but I'm not sure. Do you want to talk to that? Do, do we need to talk about it separately or can... Well, yeah, I, I think with distance ed, um, like Carla, you don't really know who's going to come into the room as such. Um, we don't know anything about our students. When they enrol, they're, they're purely just a name on a page before we actually start teaching them and interacting with them. So we really have no idea what their experience is, where they're coming from, how many years they've been dancing for, if they enjoy a particular style. So we do something very similar with our distance ed students in that we have a a first unit about I love to dance because and we kind of with all of our programs we sort of backwards map from stage six so we kind of go well what do they need from in stage six and then so you know backwards map sort of what's a good starting point for performance in stage five to lead them logically into what they need to know for stage six so um, we get them to look at a dance piece that they really love they, so they find a, a piece on online and then they start to comment on that and then they talk about the style and then we go into looking at the actual technique of that style 
and how that actually, how they enjoy performing it, how it feels when they perform it. So then we start to look at ways in which to prepare their body to perform those particular characteristics of that style. We have been doing a lot of videos now that everyone has a camera on their phone, which has just been revolutionary for distance ed. So there's no excuse now kids constantly are filming themselves and they're really comfortable with it not like back in our day when we hated the camera but they they love the camera and they love they feel really comfortable in being in front of that which is awesome for us so we get them to film themselves regularly so that we can actually see them and we can give them lots of feedback and we can start to build a relationship we start to do regular zoom lessons so with our stage five kids we do a zoom or a phone lesson once a fortnight so that they hear our voices and then they can see us you know we're not this random person at the on the end of a screen we are actually real people and we we care about them and you know where we're really invested in them we start out by really building that relationship because if you don't have that relationship particularly in DE it's really easy to ignore (laughs) you know ignore the emails ignore or ignore the phone calls and things like that. And so engagement is really important to start off with. And then we just sort of build from there, increasing the, the skills and the complexity of the understanding specific to what they're doing. I would think that relationship is really important in dance in general, obviously in DE. And I know what you're talking about. I was saying before I was a, a DE student for a period of time. And you, I, back in the day when I did it, in the 90s, I, I, I never met my teacher. I didn't know what my teacher looked like. I, I'd get these blue bags in the mail and I'd send the blue bags back. And, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so it's fantastic that the technology now allows you to be able to do a Zoom lesson. Do you ever get more than one in a Zoom lesson or is it sort of just, are they getting one-on-one Zoom with you all the time? It is pretty much one-on-one because the majority of our stage five students are single course. So they have, we we need to work around their timetable and our timetable. So generally it's one-on-one. We do offer a workshop day primarily for our stage six students where we get everyone to come together for a face-to-face workshop. And that just helps to consolidate all of the learning that happens and they get to meet the other students and experience share their experiences about being a distance ed students and the um the joys and the the frustrations that go along with that i think that connection is really important because you need to build that trust with the student and i find that with face-to-face as well because students can feel a little vulnerable in presenting themselves in a dance class particularly if there are other people in the class and they they may feel that they're not up to their level or whatever, you really need to make sure that everyone's feeling really comfortable. And for that, they need to be able to trust in the relationship that you're building. Do either of you find sometimes that you get a student who's picked an elective dance in stage five, but they are a bit reluctant to want to perform? And how do you overcome that? How do you encourage them to to start performing and joining in with the rest of the class. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I tend to get that. And I guess the way that I try to overcome it for them is 
I mean, when I'm teaching in class, I'll teach kind of like the exercises at a basic level and then I'll extend on those and the kids can choose kind of whether they do this on a rise or whether they add in that extra turn. So there's kind of those tiers there and the kids can just choose what they decide they want to do or where they want to take that exercise. I try to, when they're doing their performance in, in class, try to we talk about their capabilities and limitations it's just part of the syllabus and and try to explain to the kids that you know we're learning this dance as a whole class but when forming it you're performing it as yourself so you need to I try to put it back on the kids and go what's how can you incorporate your own style into the movement so often if you've got a boy in the class, they tend to be a little bit more, like they like to be stronger or they've got more of a, like that sharp hip hop kind of feel. Might mention, you know, I've seen you dance and like you're, you're quite good at hip hop. So why don't you incorporate some of that into my movement that I've taught you? So I try to get them kind of pinpoint their strengths and encourage them to manipulate it a little bit in the movement that I've taught because we know it. Not all dancers are the same. And as you were saying, prima ballerina, that's great, but you've also got the you've got other movement qualities in other kids that we all need to kind of promote as well. So I guess yeah, I try to get them to think about what their strength is and how they can incorporate that into my movement. And just to always remember that they don't have to dance the same as the person next to them because it's yeah all about them and their their capabilities and highlighting what they can do best yeah definitely I agree I, we we do the same a uh, similar kind of thing with our face-to-face classes you always give options and you're always encouraging them to find the most comfortable way for them to move and to really engage with the way that they move not, not the way that somebody else moves or the way that I move so uh, that really creates that ownership over the the movement itself and that increases their confidence and I feel like that if when you establish that right from the start of year nine stage five that that starts to remove some of those barriers that those students who may not be 100% confident starts to break those down a little bit because they feel like that it's okay to approach things from a different way and to move a different way and you know it's totally fine and I think that's one of the really beautiful things about syllabus the education side of dance is that we do really understand that everybody is different and everybody moves differently and there's not one right way you know there's so many different ways in and there's so many approaches and to allow the students the freedom to be able to experience that and to run with with their own individuality I think it's a really beautiful thing. And I think that's one of the good things about the Viva Voce is that then they can explain how they're able to adapt that to their bodies, to their style, etc. I think, you know, it shows that they have a really clear understanding of their bodies and how their bodies move. And they're going to be safer when they do that because they know that they can't push themselves a certain way. Or So I think it just makes the students more aware of how they do it and why they do it, and then how they can increase their their capabilities as well. Yeah. I can't imagine another subject that really gets the students to know themselves as well as maybe dance does, like physically know themselves. I think that's fantastic. Moving into stage six, Carly, you already touched that stage six is a little bit more 
contemporary and needs to to focus on almost a particular style. How do you sort of start to prepare the students who maybe haven't had experience in ballet or contemporary? How do you start to prepare them for that kind of style in stage six? Yeah, so in year 11, I guess we spend a lot of time I'm on working on our body skills and I tend to have like a technique exercise for almost all of the dot points within like that part of the syllabus that the kids can then really try to train them. I like to think that year 11 is like preparation year. That's the year that they learn it all. And then in year 12, that's the year that they have to do it all. Yeah. So, and they have to, so yeah, I guess in year 11, I, I, I do. I teach a lot of technique exercises where the students are learning how how to do, you know, use the correct technique. And then we build that up in I incorporate the skills that they've learned in the exercises in their performance work. We do two performance works in year 11. And I guess the first one is more focused on technique and, you know, your body skills. And then the second work that we do is based more on their interpretation and their performance skills. And I guess... I, we do a lot of like self-reflections and self-analysis. So like you were saying with all the video footage, I film the, the exercises so that we can share them on Google Classroom so that if they need to look back, they can look back at the exercise, analyse themselves. So see if they can pick up on alignment issues that they might need to work on. And often they don't like doing it because they don't like to look, you know, watch themselves. But I think they're their biggest critic, right? So they they do, eventually they do start to pick themselves apart and kind of go, oh, yeah, I can see what you mean. So, I, you know, I use the, the video footage to help them with the technique exercises, but also with their assessment tasks. So I'll often present them with the video from their assessment task and the marking guideline before I've given them the grade and get them to really read the marking guideline, watch themselves, see where they think they may have gone wrong or what they did right. I'll often get them to do the three negative and maybe the three positive just so that they are looking at what they are doing well as well. But that process helps them reflect and analyse and then and see for themselves where they might need to improve. I think things like TikTok and and what have you, where they're filming themselves (laughs) constantly, surely that helps to get them filming themselves and being more comfortable filming themselves. Although I know that they don't love to critique themselves (laughs) either. It's a different purpose maybe. Yeah, they definitely love to film themselves, but they don't like to watch themselves. So that's a really interesting paradigm we've got ourselves in this year. But yeah, the the same with us and, and distance education. We actually sort of work backwards from a core performance dance. So we each week we we give them a certain part of the core performance dance to learn and then we sort of backwards map from that. So we kind of go, okay, well, this is the skill that we were learning about today, like this week. So, you know, it might have been a turn. Let's break down this turn. What is it that you're doing within this turn? What, um, what is the alignment? How does that change throughout each stage of that turn? Um, you get them to film themselves, obviously. And, you know, we would, we would talk through the feedback with them during our lessons that we have and, and give them like verbal feedback as well as written feedback on how in ways in which they can improve what they did really well. So we kind of break down those, those body skills um, from 
the dance that we teach them. So each week we sort of upload um, snippets of the dance for them to learn. And then that's what the focus of that week's work is. So, you know, they really start to pull apart the technique and the safe dance practice and the performance quality so that they get like a little little snapshot of that body skill um, and then we kind of just build on that each week yeah but definitely the filming has made a huge difference for us yeah and have they become in recent years more comfortable filming themselves I guess with all of the different apps that are available yeah definitely you know they've got their angles sorted they know they know how to set it up you know without anybody else there in the room they do amazing things with their phones and they can do better things with technology than we can so leave all of that up to them and generally yeah do do a great job of it that's great I'm just wondering do you use any particular apps for having students submit performances or, or things like that I just know through COVID I <laughs> used with school we used Flipgrid a lot for having the students we were able to show them like little snippets of a dance and, and we did have a course in stage four where we did a little bit of dancing as well so we were able to put up like a little video and then they were could respond to that video through dance or whatever. So do you guys use any kind of technology or particular apps for having students engage in performance? Uh, yeah, well, we use Canvas at Camden Haven High School and the distance education. We have moved on to Canvas, which we did that maybe three years ago, and it has just been the best thing particularly for dance, like in the practical subjects prior to that, we would send out booklets and the kids would have to write things. But um, moving into Canvas, it's far more in interactive. We can upload videos for them to learn. They can submit their videos. That There's an app that, that they can download on their phone so they can film it on their phone, upload it straight from their phone to the app. Uh, it's got quiz capabilities as well. So you can do a whole heap of different multiple choice. We use Canvas for everything. So for all of our delivery of the information and all of their submission of the information and it has made a huge difference to the engagement with our students and for us to be able to track how they're going and we, we can give them feedback sort of far more efficiently using Canvas because we can also sort of film ourselves talking through feedback. We can sc screen record. So we might actually have their submission up on our screen and we can talk through our feedback as that, as that video is rolling. So they can actually see straight away what we're talking about. It's been amazing for us to, to move on to Canvas. I like that idea and they can engage with you as you're, well not engage, like talk back to you, but they can see you engaging with their dance. Yeah. So that also would help, I would think, to build that relationship. Yeah. What about you, Carla? Do you have any sort of... Yeah, we have moved to Google Classroom. So have used Google Classroom like prior to COVID. But once I kind of had to get everything online, we've all, we've all gone to Google Classroom, which I find really good. The kids can submit their, their videos. Composition as well in Year 12, it's a great way of keeping a little bit of a, like a digital logbook, I guess, of their compositions. And it's a great way for them to, I guess, submit a little video and go, hey, miss, do you have any comments? And you can give feedback. I also use the, I think it was called Screencast-O-Matic, which is like that where you can screen record yourself. And I use a lot of it 
I did it a lot with with COVID, and I found like I because I had to teach my major study over the well over Zoom. But we found the kids and I found Zoom hard to do a practical class. So what I would do is I'd record myself doing the movement, and then I'd use the screencast matic and I'd kind of I'd talk over the top of myself, and then kind of explain what I wanted there or what meaning like. The, you know what meaning I wanted or you know whether it was the level or you know like so I kind of analyzed my movement to help the kids learn it themselves from home so I found that really really helpful and I also did lessons on that using my sheets and so I pull the sheet up on the screen and I talk over it and I now have that to use for next year because it's still relevant right you know we still have to teach the same content and so I, I found that that was really good. But yeah, like the, I really, I love the new technology and being able to, for kids, it keeps them, I guess, accountable too, because, you know, they have a due date and when it's online, you can see the time mm-hmm. and the date that they handed it in mm-hmm. and can't kind of argue with that anymore. Yeah, that's absolutely. Sort of- yeah, that that's made a huge difference for us in distance education because prior to being on Canvas, it was like, oh yeah, I put that in the mail two weeks ago or whatever and well, well I haven't got it. But with Canvas, it's like, well, actually I can see when you logged in what page you viewed, how long you've actually viewed it for, and it's due on Friday. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's no post to worry about here, so you can just upload it straight away. You'll be fine. (laughs) I like that about Canvas. My school used Canvas as well, and you can see exactly how long they've been on there for, which is a nice conversation for parents sometimes as well. What, what, What definitely was through COVID. How do you find, just the last thing, working with students and dance schools, is that helpful? Do you sometimes have to negotiate different things with the student and and with their dance teacher as well? How does does working with a dance student who has a, a dance tutor sort of change the way that you might have to approach something? The dance schools are awesome. I feel like that they provide our students with a technical base and a consistency in in that um, training, that physical training that they get. I guess the approach and the purpose of a dance school and what we do is different. And, and that's what I try to get across to my kids straight away is that there's nothing wrong with what you do at the dance school and just because it's different to what we do here we're just looking at it from a different viewpoint and we have a different game to play so I just tell them that I'm here to teach you the rules of this game it might be different to what you do outside of school but if you want to win this game and if you want to achieve well in this game then these are the steps that we need to do to make sure that we're, we're getting to that end point. I find particularly with composition when students, I know we're talking about performance, but um, when, you know, students go to compose their own movement and they're like, well, I got first with this in my own choreography in the dance is Stedford. It's like, that's awesome. We're looking at for something different here. We've got different criteria to meet. So yeah, I think if you always go back to that criteria and, and find those, those, the common ground and then the difference and then you know teach to that difference then that's that's a way to kind of 
yeah, make sure that it's all happening harmoniously because it, it is their world. They love, they love their studios. They're really passionate about their studios and, and, you know, really proud of where they come from and, and the training that they get. And that's not something that we need to ignore or discount because it's part of them. So we just need to move it in the direction that needs to be for the syllabus. I liked how you said the knowing where they're at or, or using the good and then teaching to the differences. That's really nice. Carla, did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I'm similar. Like the dance schools, this area are amazing and I'm thankful for the, the technique and the, the skills that the kids are developing there. And again, it's the same kind of thing. Like I kind of have to remind the kids that here at school we have a syllabus to follow and yeah, we have criteria and ticker boxes, I call them. Like I've got to be able to tick that, yeah, you've done that, that and that. And, you know, like I like to say to them, dancing outside of school is like homework for dance here at, at school. Encourage it. But again, you've always kind of got to say it's a, it's a little bit different here and we have the criteria that we have to stick by. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky here. The, you know, the dance schools are, are great and allow the students to work on their compositions and even, even their performances. I think the kids come in and say, oh, I showed my dance teacher and she gave me this kind of feedback, which is which is really great because when you're the only dance teacher at your school, so nice to be for the kids to get more feedback and from other teachers. That is really fantastic, and to have another set of eyes on it yeah. as well. Definitely, yeah. and yeah. and if you know, like, because often when you've been teaching them, you're telling them the same thing. Sometimes it's like white noise; they don't hear you. But if someone else says it to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I've been trying to tell you that, but it's not. It's good. I'm lucky with the situation that we've got here. Someone else can say exactly the same words, but just because it's come out of someone else's mouth, it makes that huge difference, doesn't it? That's Absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to open the floor now and just see if there's anything else that you wanted to add. Anything that you really wanted to say in this and we haven't touched on yet or any other advice that you may have for dance teachers out there in approaching particularly performance but any of the other areas of dance that you would like to talk about? One thing that I like to do is get a bit of feedback from the kids mm -hmm. because it's their journey too and it's their HSC year or you know they've chosen it and they've probably got a bit of an expectation as well. And so I like to ask them kind of what's going well and what needs to, needs to be improved. And often you'll get a class that's more than happy to tell you <laughs> what, what you need to improve. Or, and, but sometimes you get that quieter class that don't like to speak up. So I get them to do a little task where, and I, I do it kind of a couple of times a year, where I just leave post-its kind of on the floor and I'm like, look, I just want you to do a green post-it for what's, what you feel like is going really well and then you know maybe a yellow post-it for what you think you need to improve on or we, like I need to help you improve on and so I found that was really good because then you can kind of touch on where maybe the kids are feeling like they're not getting enough or where they're finding an interviews hard or something like that then you can focus a little bit more on that so you can focus on the areas that they might be and each year is different yeah so that's kind of a little thing that I use and I guess it helps me improve what, what I'm doing as well. Yeah, definitely. That um, ability to reflect on 
what you've done and how you've done it and why you've done it is is really important but um i also think sort of building your tribe around you like we dance teachers i mean i'm very fortunate here that we do have a few dance teachers so it's it's really nice to have my tribe around me who i can bounce ideas off or say this didn't work have you got any ideas or something like that so i think as dance teachers we do need to build our tribe around us and and find other dance teachers in our area or even connect you know online with other people and and seek that support because we're all in this together somebody else just might have that little bit of advice that that sends it all in the right direction so and if you're the only dance teacher in your school you're probably the only person who really understands your syllabus so that makes it hard and I guess when you want to compare that to like an English faculty where everybody in that room knows that syllabus whereas in a creative arts faculty if you're the only teacher you're the only one who knows your syllabus or lucky for you Julia with a few dance teachers I don't know too many schools that actually do have a few dance teachers no that's right so that's why things like I think the statewide staff room is obviously a fantastic place where people can get on and talk to each other and obviously podcasts like this where we're able to share ideas and so when you're the, you are the only teacher, there, there are some ideas out there for people to hear. So thank you very much for sharing your expertise today. Um, and you have both given some really fantastic ideas that I'm sure other dance teachers will be able to take on board and run with. I wish you all the best for the, the rest of the year and look forward to talking to you again sometime in the future. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you, Jackie. This podcast was brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team, Secondary Learners, Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. Get involved in the conversation by joining the statewide staff room as a source of all truths regarding curriculum. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Creative Arts Curriculum 7 to 12 or email our curriculum advisor, Catherine Ricketts Horvat, using the email address creativearts7-12 at det.nsw.edu.au. The music for this podcast was composed by Alex Manton and audio production by Jason King.